actually sometimes you just have to ask yourself, maybe this isn't a sign that it's going wrong, but it's just a test to see Mm. how bad I want it. Hey guys, welcome back to the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Sarah Arnold Hall, a high-performance coach based out of Wellington, New Zealand, who helps people overcome procrastination and take action on their goals. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. So before we get into our discussion, I would love it if you introduced yourself and told us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm Sarah. I am a high-performance coach. I help people take action on their goals. So anybody who has a big dream or a goal that they want to go after, but they're kind of struggling to get themselves to either be consistent with their action or just don't really know where to begin at all. And so Mm -hmm. they're not taking any action. That's where my expertise is. I help people. Sometimes it's about procrastination and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's really about creating a plan and moving towards that plan, even when the obstacles come up and kind of managing your mind around all of the obstacles that come up. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of what we do has to do with our mindset for sure and what we believe we're capable of. So yeah, this is super important and I'm excited to learn more from you. So have you always been interested in personal development or how did you get into it? Yeah, it's funny because I think when every other kid was reading Harry Potter, I was <laughs> reading Tony Robbins. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like found him in the library at school and I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> so I've always been interested in, in kind of personal growth and I love things that have kind of a, a reason to be doing them. So I always, I never really like games and I, mm. I don't like something that when you're finished, <laughs> there's nothing, nothing happens. I mean, of course there are some games that I do enjoy, but if I've got the choice between playing a video game or setting up a business, I'm like going to set up a business every yeah. time because it's so enjoyable to see an end result that you get from all of your hard work. Whereas with a video game, you just play the game and it's over. <laughs> and that's, there's time for that and that's good also. Yeah. But for me, it's always had this spark of like, if I, there's some kind of personal development in it, then I'm in. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So yeah, I was always interested in it. Nice. And then how did coaching come into it? When did you get started with that and what motivated you to start coaching? So I studied psychology, which makes it sound like an obvious like route through in, but it wasn't at all. I thought I was going to be a therapist actually, or Mm -hmm. a psychologist. And I think it's amazing work still. And I see a psychologist and she's fantastic. And I just realized that that kind of work is, is, wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I kind of got my idea of what therapy was from TV. Of course. I think um, we all did. <laughs> from, right? I think that's all of our jobs. You never know what a job is until yeah. you like actually do it. So, mm-hmm. But I remember watching Freaky Friday mm-hmm. with um, Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan. And Jamie Lee Curtis' character is a therapist. And she just sits in an office and people are like coming in and she says, and how do you feel about that? And I yeah. just thought it looked so cool. She got to sit in an awesome <laughs> office and just talk to people about their dreams all day. Turns out that's not usually what it is. It usually involves a lot of, sometimes it's medical even. So mm-hmm. it, it felt a lot more like being a doctor, which I think is amazing and wasn't what I wanted to do. So yeah. I discovered at that point coaching in the coaching world. And I ended up training in Arizona briefly and 
set up a coaching business. It did not go, I'm not one of those six figures in six days stories. Like it (laughs) took me two years to even get my business to go full time. And then once it did go full time, it like took off like crazy. So, but like, yeah, I spent two years eating noodles and like not ever buying a coffee out (laughs) to try to make my business work. Yeah. I feel like the internet these days is kind of overwhelmed with so many crazy success stories that make it seem like you can do this overnight, but really it took a lot to build up to that point for everyone, even the ones that you do see have really fast success. They've probably been working at this for years behind the scenes, you know? So I love that you're, yeah, being honest about that. Well, I recently had this happen on Twitter where I'm not really on Twitter. I haven't been, I had an account that I started in 2017, but only the other day I posted for the fourth time and it went viral like to 120,000 people saw this post and um, like I think almost 6 million people actually saw it 120,000 liked it wow almost 6 million people saw it and people were commenting and messaging me like how is this your fourth post like just this (laughs) overnight success and I was like are you kidding me I've been posting on social media every day for four years yeah like Instagram Facebook (laughs) all the other platforms this is just like, it just happens to be that I posted here and it took off here. But yeah. What was yeah. the post? The post was about um, showing up daily. And it's about, it's, it was this little image that I created with a, a co-created with a designer who essentially instead of the idea that we have to show up every single day and like tick off the box perfectly, the idea is that you can like half check the box or like you instead of coloring in the box yeah. fully, you can just color it in like halfway or a little bit to show that. You don't have to have showing up every day can be a little bit of energy each day. It doesn't have to be showing up to 100% every single day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's definitely a way to stay motivated along the way. You don't have to give 100% every single day or else you will definitely burn yourself out. Yes. Yeah. Not not surprised that resonated with people. (laughs) So what type of professions do your clients have and what are some of the goals that you've helped them achieve? I've got clients doing all kinds of things. So I've got Olympic athletes, I've got uh, entrepreneurs, I've got people raising venture capitalist funds of $25 million. And then there's people like who just want to get themselves to the gym. Uh, So I have like a whole range of people with all different careers. My my clients don't really fit into one category. The, The category they do fit into is people who want to get themselves to take action, but for somehow they're not doing that. Mm -hmm. So there's, I've got men, women, young, I've got old, I've got everything in between. And some of the goals that I've helped people achieve are like, I helped, one of my favorite stories is my client who came to me and said, I want, it's been a dream of mine to set up a bookshop. Hmm. And I said, how long do you think it's going to take? And she said, I think it's going to take about a year. And I was like, I think you can do it in six months. She ended up doing it in nine weeks. Oh, wow. From coming up with the idea to having a a launch of her bookshop and she made like she's in England she made like 25,000 pounds in sales in her first month that's awesome and so it was just like it just blew up like crazy so she set up a bookshop um I have another client who created a rock climbing documentary where he went from being an amateur rock climber to being a professional level rock climber in one year lots of people have written books and switch careers. A lot of people have helped go full-time in their business since I was somebody who struggled with that for a long time. And now that I've done it, I can really help people do that. So. Right. Yeah. That's awesome yeah. that you have such a variety of experience. So anyone listening probably can relate to what we'll discuss. So what are some steps that someone should take when they are getting clear on their goals? 
Yeah. So I think a lot of people think that they don't know what they want. <laughs> But I just yeah. think that there, there's just a thought error there, which is mostly people do know what they want. They just don't think that they can have it or they're too afraid to admit what they really want. Yeah. So I actually don't think that it's going to take a whole year of soul searching. I think you can give yourself like 20 minutes and a bit of paper and be like, what do I really want in my life? And actually just write it out. And I think if you don't know where to start with that, start with all the things you don't want because I think that that's pretty clear and you can start to distill things. And even if it's really broad, like I, I think I want to work for myself or I think I want to work at a company like this, you can just start to kind of get a general idea and you can start moving towards your goal, even if it's kind of vague. Like I just had some clients who have come to me, they came to me wanting to have some kind of dream career in the sailing industry, but they mm. didn't know what it was. And they've just landed their dream job. But the whole experience was us just help, like together, we were just going after this goal with no idea what that job was going to be. It was yeah. just like exploring. And now they've, they're like, when they saw it, they knew. They were like, oh, it's this job. And now they're going to sail all around the world. So yeah. it's really exciting. That's awesome. I love that you say that you can keep things vague and keep it open to opportunities because that's kind of the opposite of what we've been taught, especially here in America. I don't know if you are familiar with SMART goals. Have you heard of that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's like, oh, they got to be specific. You got to be able to measure them. And we do SMART goals in school. And when you get a job, they're like, okay, what are your goals? And they need to be very specific and all of this. And that like, like really frustrates me because I'm the type of person, you know, just like keep it open. Like here are the things I'm thinking I want to work towards, but I don't know how exactly I'm going to get there, but I know I will eventually. So yeah. What are your thoughts right. on yeah, like you the know, SMART that? goals? Smart goals really works in a system, I think like a school or whatever, when it's like really clear, obviously you can set the goal to get an X grade or whatever it is that you want to do. But in the real world, smart goals, I don't think are effective because what they usually do is kind of paralyze us from taking any action at all. If yep. you don't know what your goal is, if you already mm -hmm. know, maybe putting them into the smart goals frame, it can work, but I actually believe in impossible goals, not smart ones. I don't yeah. think that they should be attainable, for example. It's like the A, right? Attainable. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no. They I know. I hate that part one. Of, uh, yeah. I, I, think it's, I don't think it's a good one because I think what it does is it, it limits us from actually going after our potential. I would much rather shoot for more and then get slightly less than never shoot for what I could really aim for in the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Our potential is huge. Yeah, And for it sure. keeps you motivated. The, the bigger the goal the more likely your life is to dramatically change if you achieve it. And that's so much more motivating than like go to the gym twice a week. That's like not a motivating goal, but like yeah. climb this mountain or do a marathon. Like to me, that has a, a much more exciting outcome. And so you're more likely to actually go to the gym. Yeah, that's so true. And that phrase, impossible goals, I heard first from you, obviously. So do you want to speak more to that and, you know, the community that you built around impossible goals? Yeah, thank you. Okay. I, I was inspired by this concept. I heard the idea of impossible goals kind of, or just like doing the impossible. You mm -hmm. kind of heard people say this kind right. of concept. And I realized that most of the people who do incredible things are doing things that are completely out of what we like would think normally so for somebody mm -hmm. to do, which is exactly why we hear about it. And I particularly think that nobody ever really changed the world with a realistic idea. And I just hated mm. being told, oh, be realistic, be realistic. That's not going to happen. I once had a teacher at school tell me, 
I said I wanted to be involved in like film and movie industry. And he was like, that's never going to happen. Like you don't live in Hollywood. You're not going to have any experience with that. And then while I was in high school, actually um, a a film was made about my family and I got to be involved in the whole thing. Wow. In London, flew over there. Like the whole experience was just like, I just think that people limit themselves Mm -hmm. far too much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when they when they set themselves a realistic goal, like why not do an impossible goal? Exactly. And we don't even have to get into it, but other people projecting their limiting beliefs on you, like that's not fair either. So, uh-uh. yeah, I'm sure no. that person was pretty shocked when they saw the movie come out. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. Well, is it possible to set too many goals and become overwhelmed? Do you recommend only setting one and focusing on that? I think dream big and set all the goals, but work towards one just at a time. One at a time. I think the easier, the more goals that you have, the harder it is to focus on Mm -hmm. just one and the more likely that they will take longer. You can do it. And I do have some clients working towards multiple goals at once just because they just physically cannot give up. Like they've got two businesses running at the same time, for example, and they're just not willing to give them up, Mm -hmm. but they go slower. It does. It does happen slower than if they were able to put all their energy into one. So, but I think come up with a list, create your like your dream list of all the impossible things you want to do. And then just be like, okay, this is the one I'm going to focus on right now. Yeah. And I usually tell people to pick the one that's going to, they'll be able to create momentum on the quickest. So actually sometimes it's better to choose the one that you think is most likely to happen because that way you just gain a bit of momentum. You build up a bit of self-trust that actually you can achieve that goal and then continue on to the rest of the impossible ones. Yeah. That's a really good idea. I've definitely heard, you know, it's best to focus on one goal, but also focus on a goal that could potentially impact a lot of other things. So maybe make that list and see, like, is there an overarching goal that you could work towards that would also impact these other things on your list? So, yeah, that's a good, really good point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I feel like if you have so many goals that you're working towards, another thing that might happen is it leads to procrastination because you're just kind of overwhelmed and you're just like, eh, I'll just wait. So... (laughs) What, based on your experience, why do people procrastinate and what are your tips for overcoming that? Yeah. Okay. So procrastination is something that happens that we do when we feel certain emotions. And so I think that there are five key emotions that make people procrastinate and they are confusion, overwhelm, self-doubt, fear, and lethargy or Mm. demotivation. So if you're feeling confused about what your goal is, you're not going to take action. You're going to procrastinate or you're confused about your next step. Of course, you're not going to do it. If you're feeling overwhelmed, like there's just too much to do, you're not going to want to take action. So you won't do it. And the same with self-doubt, fear, and lethargy. If you just don't feel like doing it, you're probably not going to do it. You don't have the motivation in that moment. So in order to shift that, you have to change the thoughts that are driving those emotions. So instead, for example, if the thought is, well, like if you're feeling overwhelmed and the thought is there's too much to do, that's what's stopping you. The thought that you're having that there's too much to do. If you can think the thought, change it to something like I can handle this. You're going to feel calm or you're going to feel at ease and then you're going to be able to take action. So really getting out of procrastination is not people say, like, you know, it's just about just starting or it's just about doing this. And like, yeah. They, yeah, they can work. But you, in order to just start, you have to get your brain on board yeah. with a new thought. So you've got to really work on switching your thoughts. And my favorite way to do that is just to ask yourself, what is the most helpful thought that you could think right now? Mm. And then what, why is that true? Why is that true instead of the other thought? Mm. 
Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I know that's something that I have struggled with in the past. And something else I've struggled with, too, is perfectionism. This probably happens to a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs. You know, they're planning on launching a new product, new service, something, and it has to be perfect. I just launched a course in January and I kind of forced myself to like, no, here's a day that I'm going to launch it. It needs to be as good as it's going to get because I know I put out quality content anyway. So like, just make it happen. So what is your advice for someone who struggles with perfectionism? Yeah. So like even notice what you just did then was you shifted your thoughts to get yourself out of the perfectionism. What was the emotion that was creating? Because perfectionism, it can feel like an emotion, but I actually think it's an action. It's like procrastination. It's a thing that you do. You you be a perfectionist Mm. when with things. What was the emotion that you were feeling when you felt like yeah when you were thinking that like it needs to be done perfect? Yeah, I think in those moments when I am in that mode of perfectionism, it has to do with feelings of or fear of failure pretty much. Like you want it to be perfect. You want it to be right. You want it to get people results if it's a course in my example. So it's like, how can I make it as good as it can possibly be? And I don't want to fail. (laughs) I think that's really what it comes down to. Exactly. So you were the fourth one of the five um, pieces. So confusion, overwhelm, self-doubt, you were fear. Mm -hmm. And so like notice that you're like, okay, so that's the, the, the emotion I was feeling. And to get yourself out of that, you thought, what were the thoughts that you were thinking? The ones that did work to get you to not be perfectionist. First of all, I thought I always put out good content. It's going to be good. I know what I'm doing. So why would it fail? It definitely took a mindset shift for sure. It takes time. It probably sounds like, oh, this was so easy for me. But like I've been working towards on my mindset for years. So it took yeah time to build up to this level. Yes. And I think that's really important to note as well is that these things, you can have a really quick switch between like fear and then straight to feeling certain or calm mm-hmm. about it. But you're right. Like that, the switch happens quicker and quicker, the more you get good at noticing your thoughts and yeah. then shifting them to something else. Yeah, definitely. But also within the thoughts that you thought, which I think is really important is you didn't just say, oh, it's going to be fine. You actually gave yourself evidence. Mm-hmm. What was the evidence? You, I, I can't remember what it was specifically that you just said, but you were, you said, you know, like, oh, it's yeah. going to be good because. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. So Pretty much my, no, cor- my course is on how to create and sell a profitable digital product. And I've done that for years. So I'm like, why would it be bad? Why would it fail when I know what I'm doing? So yeah, exactly. Yes, I gave myself examples. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You gave yourself examples. You found evidence because really the only reason why you're feeling the fear is because your brain's been looking for evidence all the time of why it needs to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But then if you can look for evidence of why it doesn't and you can find that, it will that will help you shift into a different emotion and you'll take action. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So We just talked a lot about mindset and those shifts. Were there any resources or how did you learn so much about cultivating a more positive mindset and like a growth mindset? Yeah, I have to say getting coached is one of the most powerful things that I experienced and why I ended up becoming a coach. Just Mm -hmm. the experience of having someone get in your mind and be like, wait a second. Did you notice that thought that you're that was going on there? Like notice that that was like an era. So I think the most powerful thing ever is the experience of being coached, but then if you don't have that opportunity or you haven't yet decided that you want to do that, mm-hmm. I definitely think the resources that helped me the most were like particular podcasts on mindset. So one of my favorite ones is the Life Coach School, or like maybe Brent Brandon Brashad has has a, some good stuff as well. That's who mm-hmm. I trained under. Nice, yeah, that's super helpful. I know. Luckily, there's so many resources out there now. So for me, it's like 
several different Instagram accounts. There's podcasts that are talking about mindset, but it it definitely is something that you have to work towards. And I almost feel like work towards it every day (laughs) to improve your mind and your mindset. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. So how do you hold yourself accountable and how, what would you recommend for people that need to be held accountable to achieve their goals? Because it is very difficult to stay motivated sometimes if you don't have a coach, you know, there to hold your hand along the way. Yeah. I tell everyone, like tell the world, there's nothing more embarrassing than telling everyone you're going to do something and then not doing it. Like this, <laughs> For me, that's the ultimate motivation. Like, I cannot let people down. I've just yeah. told everyone. So <laughs> When I blogged for 730 days in a row, I told everyone from day one, I'm going to blog for 730 days in a row. So it's two years. And I did it because I was like, this is going to be too publicly humiliating if I don't. (laughs) So public humiliation, that is the key. (laughs) I think it makes a huge difference. And then I think the other key thing is to like daily monitor yourself. So Mm. because I had to write a blog every day, it was like very clear if I'd done it or I hadn't. I think sometimes with goals that don't have like a daily specific daily action, it can kind of be easy to go for quite a few weeks and kind of like fall off the train of motivation Mm -hmm. and not be accountable to anything. So I think the more you can give yourself a daily evaluation, especially if someone else is expecting it from you, like a buddy, you can both hold each other accountable or having even just a star chart where you like check off, like how was today? Or you give it a little like evaluation each day on, you know, did you do something to progress this will constantly help you just keep coming back to thinking about it because you don't want to not think about your goal for too long. Mm. Why wouldn't you want to think about your goal for too long or not you think want, about it? You want, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to be. So yeah, I said it in a funny way. You want to make sure that you're thinking about it every single day yeah. um, because it will just keep the momentum going. Mm. If you're thinking about it once a week, it doesn't have that same momentum or drive yeah so like I journal on my goals when I especially when I have like a really intense goal that I'm going after every single day I'll be journaling on three questions what result do I want who do I need to be to create that result and now that I already am that person what do I do yeah that's such a game changer I discovered that strategy probably a couple years ago you know like writing down your goals but also embodying the version of you that is has already achieved them game changer Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. So you mentioned, you know, we should tell everyone our goals, be very open about it. But what can you do if your family, friends, your partner, whoever doesn't support your goals? Yeah, this happened to me. Like a lot of people when I started coaching didn't really understand a what coaching was. Mm -hmm. B, could you really make money online working from home? This is pre-pandemic. So people now everyone gets it. You work from home. Like, what are you possibly doing that you could do working from home? People did not understand. Whereas now you tell people you work from home. Everyone's like, yeah, of course we all do. (laughs) But so I was telling people who really were like, I just don't really get what you're doing. And I think for me, that was the main barrier was people just didn't really understand. So they weren't, it wasn't that they were not, not like anti-supportive. They weren't Mm -hmm. like trying to tear me down. They were just kind of like, ah, I don't really get it. And, And that was at first. So after a while, people did, once I started to kind of grow and people could see a little bit more what it was that I was doing and I got a bit better at it as well. But initially I had to put up with the fact that there were going to be a lot of people who kind of didn't really mm-hmm. support me in what I was doing. And I could have easily let that stop me. But I think the key that for me was like, okay, 
that's fine. You can think what you like. Like, yeah. I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. I'll show you. Exactly. And not in the mean way, like, I'll show you. How dare you? But just like, oh, yeah. I think Motivation. it'll be so fun. Like, how sure. fun is it going to be when you see that I get, like, I did the thing? Yeah. So I had, I kind of used it as a bit of a driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see that being a motivator for me, too. Like, there's a saying, like, prove the haters wrong. <laughs> you know? Yes, so. Prove them wrong. Yeah, exactly. Haters don't pay the bills. Just, like, just show them wrong and exactly people who support you like actually that's probably the other key piece is like i did have people who really did support me Mm -hmm. so some people didn't and i think it would be really hard if no one was supporting you so find the people that will with either in online communities yeah or sign up for something where other people are doing the same thing as you and who think like you so that you're not discouraged because like i never had a moment in all of building my business where I wanted to quit. Mm-hmm. I had moments where I thought like, this is really difficult, but I never ever considered quitting. And that's because I was so committed to the outcome of the goal. And I knew I wanted it so much. And all of these people around me were doing it. I knew yeah. heaps of people who were mm-hmm. coaches who were successful. So I was like, I knew it's possible. Right. So yeah, that helped me a lot to stay on track. Even when I heard things from other people who are like, it's not possible to make yeah. money online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I love that you mentioned finding your community because it doesn't even have to be your friends and your family. It could be people that you don't know that you met on the internet. I mean, I've met so many people <laughs> this way and it's really cool. Even your Facebook group, which we can talk about later, but I joined your Facebook group in 2020. I look back and it's like, oh yeah, this group is full of people that are pursuing their impossible goals. And yeah, it's very inspiring to see what other people are achieving and know that it's possible for you too. Yeah, I think so too. I like, I love being in the community of, of people. I set yeah. it up for myself, really. I had this, I was like, yeah, it's going to be cool to have a, like, I'll be able to bring all these people together. But really, I was like, it's going to be so good to be in like a space that mm-hmm. I have set up where everybody is going to get on board with the idea that we can all achieve yeah. any goal that we set. Yeah. Exactly. And they say you are like the five people that you surround yourself with and it doesn't have to be like physically surround yourself with. Think about the community that you're building around you. So yeah, that's great. Absolutely. So we've talked a lot about succeeding with your goals, which is great, but we all also experience failure sometime or quote unquote failure. Can can you tell us about a time when you didn't achieve a goal exactly the way that you planned to and what you learned from it? I don't think I've ever achieved a goal exactly the way that I planned to. It always goes wrong (laughs) (laughs) in some way, right? Yes. So, for example, one specific one that really comes to mind is when I went to get my coach certification. So I was living in in Brighton, just outside of London, for at the time, and I wanted to go to Arizona for this um, coach certification, and I had planned to fly there through what was the city I got New Jersey I was mm. supposed to fly there through New Jersey and when I got to the airport I had forgotten to do some paperwork and they were like you can't get on the plane and I was like oh, what no. so I had to wait 12 hours in the airport before I could take another flight to New Jersey I booked a flight and immediately it was canceled and <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. I was just like, so I had already not filled out the paperwork. Then the flight that I had booked after that got canceled. And so they said, okay, so we can't get you to New Jersey, but we can get you to New York. Mm. And they're very close by. Yeah. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to get the next flight? Like the one from New Jersey to Arizona. And they were like, well, you can, you can get a taxi. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So having never been to New York in my life, oh my gosh. I arrive in New York get a taxi from New York to New Jersey. And while I'm in this taxi, the taxi driver, he's going pretty fast. And I'm thinking like, 
maybe this is just like, you know, I'm, I'm really tired. I've been, I've already been crying all day because I <laughs> didn't think I was going to make it to my certification. And I just thought, okay, maybe I'm just like, maybe this is like normal speed and I don't know what's happening. Nope. Sure <laughs> enough. A couple of minutes later, we're on the highway and some police pull us over. Oh no. And so we're sitting on the side of the road for like 15 minutes. And I'm thinking like, there are so many signs so far telling me this is a bad idea yeah every single point it's Mm -hmm. telling me don't do this don't you know like this and I had already considered not going because I had to pay like two thousand dollars to get this new flight and my boyfriend it was like all the money we had at the time he had literally had 15 pounds left on his card to take the bus home to Brighton and that was it that was all of our money altogether and so I was like I was seeing all these signs I was like this isn't like this can't be it like, what is going on? And so he got a, t- a speeding ticket and then he dropped me off at the airport. But before he dropped me off, I said to him, like, because he kept the meter running mm. on the oh, taxi. Wow. And it was already like a $150 taxi ride yeah. to go between New York and New Jersey. So I was like, I'm not, I don't want to pay this. Yeah, not like, your fault. You have to, like, speeding. <laughs> it's not your fault. Exactly. It's not my fault. You were speeding and we got pulled over for 15 minutes. And he locked the doors on me. Oh my gosh. It was dead of night. It would have been one or two in the morning. I thought I had this whole idea. Like when he pulled up, I was just going to open the door a little bit, put my foot out and there would be people around and it would be fine. No, there was not a soul. The airport was actually closed in the middle of the night. So there was only when I got in, when I finally did get in, there was only cleaners. So essentially when he locked the doors, I thought I could get kidnapped at this point. So I was like, I will pay you any amount of money that you say. (laughs) No worries. And I swiped my card and I got out. Now that I think about it, maybe it wasn't the smartest thing to do. Challenge some I random mean, man in a taxi in the middle yeah, of the night for money. In a different country I, also. <laughs> right? In, in New, New Jersey or New York of all places in the world. Yeah. I was like, maybe not. But then I, I finally, I did. I slept on the floor all night next to like the cleaners kept mo- making me move in this, <laughs> in this um, airport until I finally got there. I arrived two hours late, but I made it to my training and I became a high performance coach. and. What I learned from that was actually sometimes you just have to ask yourself, maybe this isn't a sign that it's going wrong, but it's just a test to see mm. how bad I want it. It's oh, like, I like that. The, I like to think that the universe was saying to me, hey, like this is, you're, this is going to be a tough road you're going to go down mm-hmm. to become a coach. So like once you get the certification, it's going to be tough to build your business. So like we've got to see if you're, you're made for this or yeah. not. And so- yeah, I like to think of yeah, that and see the same thing as like a bad sign. Yeah, because I feel like now that we're taught this, but I feel like everyone sees signs and they're like, oh, if it's if it's hard, if it's tough, it's not for you. Like it should always be easy. <laughs> and that's just not necessarily the case. Mm-mm, yeah, exactly. I love that yeah. perspective. Now that's going to make me think of any obstacle I encounter like, oh, this is even more motivation. Like this is a sign that I need to do it. Any sort yes, of exactly. And I think it's important to know with your intuition, like True. you yeah. can tell if you feel like sick to your stomach about something, right. it's yeah. maybe, a maybe a sign not to do it. <laughs> yeah. But if it's for me, I really wanted it and it just the, somehow these obstacles just kept coming up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, it was just a taste. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So this has been super helpful and I'm sure you've inspired a lot of people to sit down and write out their goals and plans for their future. And so one last question that I have, I ask all of my guests this, what is the most important lesson you've learned when it comes to mindset, goal setting, anything in your career that you think would be helpful for everyone in our audience to know? The biggest thing for me was 
I wish I had learned earlier that I shouldn't try to take action from the place of where I am right now. I should Mm. try to take the action like I'm already there. So embodying the version of me who already has what I want is going to make a huge difference. So for me, that's often, sometimes I'll think about my future self, but I'll often also think about somebody that I really am inspired by, like Michael Jordan has Mm. been a big one for me. Every time I think about what would Michael Jordan do and take action from that place, it's always a no-brainer. Of course, he would just do the thing. Like He's not even going to have any drama in his mind about something being difficult or how he's just going to do it. That's such a good idea. Yeah. It's like, who's that person that inspires you and just think, what would they do if they were in my position? They'd probably just go after it. Yeah. Exactly. That's an awesome tip. I'm definitely using that one. (laughs) Awesome. So good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. To close out, where can listeners find you online? Yeah, they can find me at saraharnoldhall.com and saraharnoldhall on any platform. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been great speaking with you today. Awesome. This was fun. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I'd love if you subscribed and left us a review. Another way to support the podcast is to take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram story. Tag me at First Hustle Then Brunch so I can repost it. Thank you so much for supporting the show and I'll see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.